morning, everybody, and welcome to Let's Talk Therapy. This is me, Rosemary Burns, and welcome to my podcast where we talk about therapy things. <laughs> well, usually, anyway. Um, happy Martin Luther King Day. Um, so, I know I said last week that I was going to do EMDR Part 2, um, and this is going to kind of fit in with EMDR Part 2 because, like I said last week, EMDR is um, a treatment used for trauma. Well, uh, since it is Martin Luther King Day, I thought it would be very um, appropriate to um, do an episode um, on generational trauma. Um, and you're probably like, what is that? Maybe maybe you have heard of it. Um, I don't know if it's been um, kind of uh, in, in the media. Um, prob- not that I've really heard, but I don't really, I don't watch a whole lot of news. And I certainly don't have all of the different media, social media thingies, apps, whatever they're called. Um, I really just do Facebook and that's about it. Um, and so... Yeah, so let's talk about generational trauma because such an important day today um, and given things that are going on in the world, um, I think it is important to talk about this. So if you don't know what generational trauma is, and I actually have notes I actually prepared for today, you'd be like so surprised and proud of me. Um, it's basically, let's Let's see. I'm trying to. I'm trying to pick my words. Choose my words carefully. Um, it's basically when there was a traumatic event that occurred or began decades ago. So years and years and years ago, um, prior to our current generation, our current lives going on right now, that has essentially impacted the way that individuals understand, cope with, and heal from the trauma. Um, Let me say that again. So it's a traumatic event that began decades and decades ago. So it's not necessarily things that uh, we have currently been doing today, Um, but it's things that happened, serious things that happened in the past that, again, affect um, people from generation to generation to generation. And so what are some good examples of that? Well, obviously, and since it's Martin Luther King Day, um, descendants of United States slavery, that is a definitely a generational, generational traumatic event. Gets passed down, passed down. The things that happen to the Native Americans, we can't, uh, I mean, I could spend a whole episode on just that as well. Um, Maybe refugees um, that had to give up um, their entire life in a country to have to go and seek asylum, go and seek safety in another country, and maybe leave behind everything that they had. That can be a generational trauma. Um, and then you, the more, um, and I hate to use this word, but the more... Um, Uh, commonly heard of ones maybe or the more um day-to-day ones which again I hate I don't like that but I can't think of a better way to say it are um um like ancestry with alcoholism that they're they were alcoholics and then their kids are alcoholics and then their kids are alcoholics or, or substance users we'll say it that way that's a generational trauma um 
people who have survived childhood abuse or neglect, that can be a generational trauma. So it's important to talk about these things because behaviors and ideas and beliefs and how we treat one another and it goes on and on from things that have happened, we'll say centuries ago, um, it's been centuries, maybe it's a couple of centuries, but a long time ago still affect us today. It affects how we treat one another. It affects our belief system. It perpetuates um, some of the most horrific things that we we have done to other people. And so when you get into the whole Black Lives Matter movement um, and people start saying, like, I, I hate hearing this. Oh, well, I didn't have anything to do with slavery, you know, 200 years ago. Don't check my mouth on that, by the way. Um, just throwing that number out there. But I didn't have anything to do with that. That were, you know, they were people that I didn't even know or I wasn't even related to people who who owned slaves or whatever. And the problem with that is is that even though you may not have um if you trace back you may you, there may be people in your family who held prejudiced beliefs or thought that just because of the color of someone's skin that they should be treated differently than somebody else. And it can be very subtle very subtle. It may not be as um, in your face as, oh, you can't sit in the front of the bus or you have to be in different in a different bus because you're black instead of white. Um, those are blatant. That's the word, blatant. Um, no, they could be much more subtle than that. So um, a good example might be, um, well, just thinking, maybe just thinking a stereotype like, African-Americans are better athletes than white people. That's could be a stereotype or they're, you know, African-Americans are, um, less educated than white people. And honestly, in some cases it might be because of lack of opportunity and stuff like that. You have to keep those things in mind because, those are ideas and belief systems that have been passed down and passed down from generation to generation, um, probably since before the Civil War. And that's what I'm talking about when I say generational trauma. So those events, even though, you know, well, no, I should say those events continue passed down, passed down, passed down. Well, guess what? Now you can understand why people are still upset or get so upset, and rightfully so, when they are treated differently by police officers, um, by Joe, Joe over here who just doesn't, who gives somebody of a different color um, uh, just a scowl or says a mean, nasty comment to them, to a person. I mean, that's all passed down generational trauma. And the thing of it is, because people are like, oh, again, I didn't have anything to do with that, or I, you know, I'm not racist, I'm not prejudiced. Well, the issue is, is that if you talk with these people, the people who have been treated this way, maybe you know, back in the day, there's there's no healing. 
they can't heal from it because horrible things are still happening to them. You know, when, when somebody like, um, here's a good example. Um, I don't know if you guys know who Neil deGrasse Tyson is. He's a famous astrophysicist. So super smart, well-educated, um, and happens to be a black man. Well, I was reading a story about him, um, and this was, I think, after um, the, the police killings, uh, not police killings, when the police killed um, the black man uh, and uh, Breonna Taylor, the whole movement for, say, her name. Um, so they, um, he had a story, and uh, again, he's well-educated, you know, uh, has a very good job, and he was driving his car, and I don't know what kind of car it was, but, you know, we'll say it was a luxury car. And we'll just pull it over just because he was a black man. And, and he told the story of it was not just him. It's his colleagues and stuff who also were of color, and the police are targeting them um, or profiling them, I guess is, about, is the word, um, because they're of different skin color. So there cannot be healing until these kinds of behaviors change. Now, I also um, understand that I'm not calling every police officer bad. Oh, no, no, no. I think there are definitely individual police officers out there that are bad um, and should be held accountable if they're going to treat people in a way that is not okay, um, in a way that is wrong. Um, regardless of color of skin, but especially because of color of skin. And so those are the things that have to change. Those have to change. And once, and I don't know how long it's going to take. I mean, Jesus has been years and years, but until people can be treated equally and fairly and with respect to one another, um, until that can happen um, (laughs) for years and years, then I I don't think that, this generational trauma can be healed yet because it's almost like, you know, I would never, and it makes my head spin. If so, I would just get over it. No, don't just get over it. You can't just get over it. Would you tell somebody who is experiencing and still continues to experience being, you know, beaten every day? Um, would you tell them to just get over it? Especially if they're still living in that kind of situation. I don't think you would. So, that's the important things to think about when you're talking about healing from generational trauma. Um, so how does that happen? Where do we start? Well, you know, this is where we kind of bring it back to EMDR. Um, EMDR is a trauma treatment. Well, of course, yes, it could be used with, um, people who have survived, uh, prejudice attacks, um, police brutality, um, getting injured, rioting, um, you know, being targeted when they are doing actual peaceful protests. There's a difference, again, between rioting and peaceful protests. Rioting is not okay, and it is illegal. Peaceful protests are part of the Constitution. So when the way to start healing from it is, yes, with EMDR, you can you can work with the individuals who have um, had horrible experiences like this but you also have to work with the people who hold on to those prejudices 
And the, the difficult thing and the challenging thing is the people who choose to be willfully ignorant. There's some people, and, and honestly, I, I will call myself this too, um, and I, I may have even said it um, in a previous podcast, I think I did, after um, Breonna Taylor and um, um, the rioting and all that kind of stuff was going on. And uh, when I said I used to be all lives matter, and then once I actually started doing some reading and stuff like that, well, I can I totally understand the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, and so here's the difference. I was ignorant, um, you know, before I started educating myself, really. And that that's that's the difference. So I'm choosing to educate myself so that I can uh, hopefully no longer be ignorant. Now I'm not I'm certainly not saying that I know everything about civil rights movement and um the horrible things that um people of color have been through. Um I don't, but those are conversations that I'm willing to have with people that help me learn. And, and that's what I'm saying. I can help decrease my ignorance. There, then there's the difference where there's people who are willfully ignorant. Willfully ignorant means, yeah, well, um, I don't know about that stuff, and I don't want to know about that stuff. I don't want you to show me facts and history and, um, you know, concrete examples of the way people have been treated differently or people have been abused or, or physically hurt. Um, I don't want to hear about that stuff. I don't want to have conversations with you. I'm happy to live in my ignorance. That's what willfully ignorant means. It means I'm choosing to not make any changes, to not better myself or better my understanding of other people and other people's plights. And that's wrong. And so how do we work to try and change that? And I honestly, for for somebody who is willfully ignorant... I don't know how to do that. Um, I would say, the, again, the person who is just, who's ignorant and doesn't know any better yet, hopefully you're, you approach a topic that you don't know uh, or people that you don't know very much about with an open heart and open mind on both sides because, you know, I can imagine if I was going to talk to somebody about race and I had questions and you know, may not be able to you maybe use the a wrong word or um, not, you know, again, not use the correct term or something like that. So also the person who's doing the educating has an open heart and an open mind because can you imagine going to somebody that um, you're trying to learn from and, you know, they make you feel stupid or they make you feel like you can't learn about this or you're a terrible person because you don't know this already. So that's what I'm talking about, communication with open hearts, open minds. And when you can come together like that, you can help decrease and hopefully over time eliminate ignorance. I think that would be wonderful. How you go about changing the willfully ignorant, like I said, challenging, I don't know the answer. Um, I could suspect that if you actually had the people in like therapy and you started to unpack where they learned, where they think they learned about prejudice, where they learned that it's okay to treat people horribly, 
and who know uh, who knows what the answer would be. They probably learned it all kinds of different places. Maybe they learned it from their parents, their grandparents. You know, it's been passed down. That's the whole definition of generational trauma. Um, if again, if they're open to it, that that's the key. If they're open to it, you can start to slowly try and transform, um, transform their their belief system, their core beliefs, but it takes a lot of work. It's doable, again, if they have open mind, open heart, but very, very um, challenging. And actually just right now reminded me of a movie. I know it's not a true story, um, but it's called American History X. It has um, Edward Norton is in it, and I think it's Edward Furlong. I, I think that's his brother. Um, and that movie is now, this is not for little kids. This is not a little kids movie. Uh, I believe it's rated R, um, because of violence and, um, neo-Nazism and, um, racism and it, but it is such, such, so I was glued to the TV, like did not want to move, like move my eyes from the screen. I thought it was so good how they kind of depict, um, almost like a cult, like a cult, like cult, like following and really the transformation of, um, Edward Norton's character from being a neo-Nazi into, um, trying to change his life. Um, and that actually might, might be a good example of a movie to watch, to watch somebody who was willfully ignorant and is slowly coming around to, um, to, to learn and to help decrease his ignorance. Um, yeah, that just popped in my head. I hadn't seen that movie in a very long time, but I, I remember it quite well because it was so um, gripping. And um, like I said, it is definitely not a, a movie for kids. Um, so that is what I think is a way to to help um, heal from trauma. You Again, you cannot start the healing process when events are still going on when you have when you have people of color being shot um because it's assumed that they're armed and dangerous or it's assumed of anything that you know assumptions we won't get into that because i don't want to use the cuss word but you know what assumptions do um so changing that is where we start to try and heal from generational trauma um and you know, I, I, I've learned, um, I'm still continuing to learn. I certainly don't know it all. I don't pretend to, um, but I, I hope, I, I think I've come a long way, but I also think I have a long way to go. Um, and I'm one person, but one person can also make a whole lot of difference. So what can you do? Um, little things, start up a conversation with somebody, um, when you're out and about, and I know that's difficult with COVID going on and everything, but if you're out and you wear your mask and keep socially distanced, um, you know, strike up a conversation with, with somebody that you, you may not normally want to do challenge yourself to do that. You might just find that this person is a really great, nice person. You, You never know. You don't know unless you try. Um, Maybe ask, start asking questions, you know, start learning about other 
races. The more you learn, the better understanding you can have. And again, helps decrease ignorance, helps along, helps move along the path of generational trauma healing. So that's your challenge for the week. It really should be a challenge for the rest of your life. Um, you know, with Martin Luther King, he was a great activist, um, great speaker, and I don't even think me just saying that does him any justice at all um, for what he's done for civil rights movement. Um, and then I also don't think it was enough, not that I'm taking away from him, but looking at where we are as a country today, when there are still things like that, uh, when there are still black people, people of color being hurt, harmed, um, physically hurt, um, assumed that they're doing something wrong just because they're a black man, a black woman. Um, yeah, not that needs to change. And I don't, I I don't think I'm the right person to, to say if I think we've come a long way or not. Um, just from looking at it right now, I would say we still have a, a great long way to go. So not just your challenge for today as we commemorate Dr. Martin Luther King, but your challenge for the rest of your life. And it really kind of boils down to this, really. And that's do unto others as you would have done unto you. Is that the golden rule, I believe? Treat others as you want to be treated regardless of age, race, gender, all of those labels. Um, Basic human decency, treating others as you wish you would be treated, which again comes back full circle. If you're part of generational trauma where you weren't treated the way you should have been treated, it perpetuates the cycle. So our goal is to stop that cycle. Stop that cycle. Be the person who stops that cycle of generational trauma so that we can, if, if everybody made that little change, I'm not saying it's an easy change, but if everybody made that little change, then again, that plods us along the path of, of healing. So with that, let me leave you. Of course, I haven't left you guys with a quote in in a while. I've kind of just like, okay, I'm done and let's move on to the next week. Um, But today I'm definitely want to leave you with a quote from Dr. Martin Luther King. And here you go. The ultimate measure of a man is not where he stands in moments of comfort and convenience, but where he stands at times of challenge and controversy. I'm going to say that one again because I think it's very profound and very appropriate for today's day and age. The ultimate measure of a man is not where he stands in moments of comfort and convenience, but where he stands at times of challenge and controversy. So let's be people of integrity and let's stand up for those who can't stand up for themselves or who have a hard time standing up for themselves. And let's treat each other the way we want to be treated ourselves. Thank you so much for listening and for joining me today. I wish you again a very happy Martin Luther King Day. Enjoy your day, and I hope you have a great 
and blessed week. And I will see you again next time.